this is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 706, Back to the Big Screen. Today's sponsor is Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2020. That's bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2020. Nearly 500,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's show is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at tryexpressvpn.com slash expressata2020. That's T-R-Y-E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash expressata2020 for three months free with a one-year package. Visit tryexpressvpn.com slash expressata2020 to learn more. Coming to you from the exotic land known as Canada, eh? You're listening to another episode of All Things Azeroth. Now we present your awesome hosts, the always stalwart and honorable Maedros, the commander of the fell and master of demons, Death, the non-vegan meat shield, my warrior brother, Toasty, and the high priestess of the Everlight, Allie. She ain't from Canada, but it'll work. It's the internet. Just go with it. They are bringing you your news from the world of Warcraft. This is All Things Azeroth. Hey folks, it's Toasty with a post-recording addition to the show. As we were preparing to publish this episode, Blizzard postponed the Shadowlands release to an undisclosed later date. However, they did announce that the pre-patch would go live on October 13th, 2020. Tune in to the next episode where we discuss this and more. And now, back to the show. And welcome back to All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I'm your host, Medros. Hey, with me I have Toasty. Hey, Toasty. Hello. How you doing, bud? I'm alright, man. How are you doing? Good. Are you ready for hockey to be almost over? Nope. It's 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 almost October. Hockey should just be starting. <laughs> I was say, dude, you're giving hockey in like a month anyway. Mm, probably not. Probably not. Oh. Isn't spring training going to be starting in a month? Nope. They have, right. They've set no dates. Can't say it wouldn't start in a month, though. You just don't know that it wouldn't start. So Correct. So not start in a month. Yeah. Uh, we also have Allie. Hey, Allie. Hello. Are you ready for the Stars to lose tonight? Yes, very okay. much so. With all of my being. <laughs> yeah. That I figured I'd get an, a, a positive, uh, affirmative answer to. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, we'll find out in one and a half periods if that's true. Oh, and man. what is the current likelihood of the Stars losing tonight? Uh, it's hard to say. They've been, they, they, I feel good about it. They've been coming back a lot, so... <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> they can stop. It's fine. <laughs> Allie would like to just stop now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so how was your weekend out there, Chesty? Well, weekend well was pretty good. I uh, I did my usual amount of farming. Um, got absolutely none of them. I think I went through 15 or 16 different things, including some off-stream, and came up with Bubkiss, which was kind of unfortunate. So I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go log on to my horde character and see what allied races I can I can unlock right now that I ha actually have the rep for. And I, so I had the uh, the Nightfallen and the High Mountain Torrent available for unlock. So I went ahead and did that. Um, Nightfallen questline was surprisingly short. I wasn't expecting it to be too that like 
I wasn't expecting it to be that short. I basically went to Silvermoon, talked to Lorthamar, did a scenario, and that was it. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, I, I was kind of expecting there to be more, honestly. The High Mountain one was a bit more involved. There was a, there was a decent amount of in-world questing that happened, um, along, uh, along with a... Uh, scenario-ish kind of thing. It was it was phased content, basically, in High Mountain. Which was kind of cool. And then there was, like, some different things where you were you were wandering around High Mountain as, like, a historical character in for the High Mountain, which was interesting. And, yeah, I got that done. And I turned them both in at the same time. Got the mounts. Learned them, and then I got another achievement. Like, I got the achievements for completing the High Mountain and the Nightfall and stuff. But I got a third achievement. Apparently, uh, getting those two mounts got me to the re requisite 250 mounts for that uh, mount for that mount-related achievement. So I also got Gross. my Fellfire, my, uh, my green Fellfire Hawk. Nice. I was not expecting that. I didn't even realize I was that close. Because, like, you don't know how close you ever are. Because, for some reason, the mount collection just shows total mounts instead of mounts usable. So, unless you're actively tracking that achievement on your on your bars or your, like, on that side panel or whatever, you don't know. So, yeah. Like, I've been sitting at 295 in that window for a while. So, I'm like, okay, I'll get to 250 usable in one character eventually. And then it happened. And then... After that, I'm like, oh, I'm getting a lot of mounts, so I bought another mount. I can't even remember which mount I bought. I just saw it, I'm like, ooh, pretty, I want it. So I bought it. <laughs> Couldn't, could not tell you which mount I bought. <laughs> it was just a mount. It was just a mount, yeah. <laughs> like, I honestly tried looking back, and, and, because I didn't even, I learned it, and then I didn't mount it. Which is weird for me, because usually when I get a mount, I mount right away, take the screenshot, all that other stuff. Didn't even do that. I, I bought it, learned it, and logged off. And now I, I can't I can't for the life of me remember which one I bought. My mailer add-on deleted the 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 mail from the auction house. So I can't even look at that. Like, okay, it'll tell me your item in the in the auction thing. But no, that um that that's deleted too. So eventually I'm gonna mount up on a random mount and it'll pop up. So I'll learn then. Like, when did I get that? Oh, right. <laughs> um, but that was about it. Just a lot of mount-related stuff this week. How about how about you, Allie? What did you get up to? I was admittedly podcasting busyness a lot in the last week and some issues with Audacity making me lose four hours of editing over the weekend, which just about did me in. But uh, I did get a chance to try my five mask solos again i actually just last night got all the way to rexar it was my like final zone before going to thrall and it was just pure chaos and it i was admittedly a little too tired i probably shouldn't have been doing them anyways but that was my best attempt yet it was as holy so that felt really good i <sighs> Want to try again tonight? Maybe if I'm awake enough, we'll see. But it, it's hard not knowing when the pre-patch is going to be out and when when I'm going to not have a chance to do this anymore. <laughs> but I'm close. I just 
I can almost taste it. Uh. <laughs> that, that uncertainty with the pre-patch is kind of driving everybody crazy right now. Right, like, I'm I'm not in a rush. Like, I want them to take all the time they need to do things right. But it would be nice to know if I'm going to have another chance at Orgrimmar before pre-patch. Because yeah. it was Orgrimmar this week, and that's, you know, gone tomorrow. So, um, and then in doing that, I've also used up my coalescing vision thingies. So I have to, I had to go actually do the Black Empire invasion <laughs> and go to the other one just to kind of get some more up so I can actually, you know, get more keys to go into the visions. So that was weird to go back and do some of those world quests and stuff, but it was also kind of nice just to mindless de- mindlessly do it and chill yeah. and just enjoy being in game. So that was that was about it. Hopefully more game time this upcoming week, but we'll see how that goes. I was talking to one of uh, I was talking to uh, Zabby on over the weekend about those rep grinds and all that stuff for the, the like the, the world invasions and stuff like that. And I had realized that I hadn't really touched them since we wrapped up raid. Like after we wrapped up yeah. raid, I had no like yeah some of the stuff that we get from getting exalted is kind of cool, but like. I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't motivate myself enough to do them after raid was done. When at least when raid was still yeah. going, I had a reason to do that, right? And a reason to go into the visions and try to grind out gear and all that, and also to grind out rep with the Rajani so I can get that rune thing. Yeah. But uh, afterwards, like mm, maybe I'll do other stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the stuff I've neglected since the beginning, basically. Right. Yeah. It, it did feel weird to go back there, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that's pretty much it for me. What about you for you, Medros? Uh, I, I'm going to say, uh, as a, a friend on Twitter keeps reminding me every day, uh, it's now 28 days before this expansion launches, and the fact that we don't even have an announcement of the release date of the patch, which I'd expect with the amount of stuff changing in that pre-patch, would include a fairly notable amount of warning the patch is coming. I'm surprised we haven't got a release date. Like, 28 days. We had a release candidate for a little bit, and then it got changed to a non-release candidate. (laughs) Oof. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I saw a conversation on Twitter, I don't don't know if either of you were part of it, but it's basically surrounding, like, the inevitable crunch that is no doubt happening at Blizzard, and why so many people would be happy if they would just postpone the, the expansion launch and not have crunch, because no doubt those people are stressed out beyond belief, and yeah. they are just beyond words tired and just done. And that's not when you do your best work. Yeah, like I like we we, we de- we've known that Shadowlands is coming Q4 2020 since they made that announcement however long ago so when when the yeah. release date of october 27th was announced i was surprised it was that early into q4 2020 i think yeah. a lot of people were expecting it to be like a lot of our initial guesses were towards the end of q4 at least like at least after the first half of q4 and mm-hmm. the, the october 27th is not first is not second half of q4 at all yeah i i would be happy if they postponed it till uh late in November like even like postpone it by a month 23rd of November 
that 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 date has some pretty good significance for them. Delayed till the twenty third of November. Yeah, I mean, there there was a time previously where you know you see a game delay uh, for for whatever reason, um, there'd be a large outcry on Twitter from a pretty vocal majority or minority or not even. Okay. I wouldn't say if it's a majority or minority from a pretty vocal group, just like being angry about a video game delay. And I feel like over the past few years, at least on my Twitter timeline, um, the attitude towards pushing back a release date has changed because there's a, there's an understanding that, you know, like the, the reason they're laying it is to try to, is a, is an effort to get things right, and people very much appreciate that. They don't want to have to sit through like a day one patch, for example, so that stuff can get fixed up and all that other stuff. Um, they just, mm-hmm. they just want the game to to be released in a decent state, not even decent. They want like yeah. good state. Like pa- they, they they're not going to suffer decent. They want decent then. then that's what they'll. That's what they'll get. I mean, right now, if Shadowlands were to release today, as it is right now in beta, it'd be in a decent state. There's still a bunch of there's still a bunch of things that are ki- kind of questionable, and all that. And you know, we've seen changes being made in response to all that. Um, so one would hope that over the course of what the uh, four weeks we have until it releases, that that we we continue to see that. We'll bring it to a good state. Yeah, we have four weeks. I I just I don't want. Hey, we need to get it out by this date to be the cause of. Oh man, we have to get a patch out like day two of after release because there are so many bugs we implemented because we were busy, we were tired, we were distracted. Like when I get stressed, I do not work my best. I don't think people deserve any different. And I just think it would be a better option to just do better. Do it differently. Change it up. Don't be afraid to postpone. Yep. That being said, we don't know what's going on over there. Like, we, this is all just us nope. speculating based on what we have available to us. Which is not much. Right. Uh, yeah, just, it feels very odd that we don't have, uh, like, not only do we don't have a release date, we don't have a release candidate. Lot on the beta realms right now, the PTRs. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're, we're that far from having something to do in, in the pre-patch stuff. And, and I just think that it'd be a better idea to wait if if that if there are issues. Uh, but yeah, we don't know. It's impossible to say. So, uh, hopefully we will have more information in due time. Yep. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, for me, uh, my WoW time... Uh, spent in the beta, uh, got into Ardenweald, and uh, did some early stuff there. Uh, was was relatively fun. Um, definitely some interesting lore there, and stuff I want to delve into more in the expansion. Uh, Meldraxxus. Uh, definitely think that my when I previously went through Meldraxxus, I must not have completed it properly, or uh, must not have completed because there's definitely some new stuff there that I hadn't seen before. Um, and I'm sure that there was lore, lore spoilers out there for it that I must have missed or just didn't want to pay attention to because I don't want to spoil for the lore. And 
you know, lore is important to me. Um, but uh, it was interesting to see some uh, some old faces, and uh, I'm very curious to see where the story is going to go with the rest of the expansion. Uh, but it was also very interesting to hear uh, some more information about some characters that uh, have been shadowy and, and not very well known uh, throughout the uh, time of the expansions, beta and alpha. So, very interesting experience, let's put it that way. Uh, but yeah, haven't uh, haven't reactivated my my retail account. Uh, not currently planning to do so until uh, a day or two before pre patch. Uh, might do it a day or two before just to get kind of get ahead of the uh, of the game, uh, so to speak. But uh, yeah, not currently feeling a, a big push to go back into retail. Uh, and uh, right now I'm I'm mixing up my time in Shadowlands beta between leveling, uh, which uh, may be near its end, and then also trying to, you know, figure out what I need and what I don't need for my current add-ons. So kind of comparing my current add-ons in retail versus my current add-ons in the alpha, uh, seeing what is updated already, uh, trying to figure out what I can do without, uh, so that I can kind of streamline my my experience in the... uh, in the release of Shadowlands. Um, I have noticed that loading into Ouroboros seems to take a very long time on the Alpha. Have you guys noticed that at all? Like, I've got 32 gigs of RAM in my machine, and I've had issues loading into Ouroboros uh, from being logged out, and taking the teleporter between floors in Ouroboros has caused me a lot of problems. No, I haven't noticed anything like that. Hmm. Yeah, not that I can think of must just be me then because yeah i've had to like yesterday during my stream uh actually ironically before anybody arrived uh twice i had to restart my stream because i got basically the effect uh the visual effect of going between floors never went away when i got to the the floor i was going to Um, they just really wanted you to see it because it's beautiful uh, it's beautiful uh, until <laughs> you're seeing it uh, as you're trying to find the quest givers and trying to do stuff uh, and only have your mini map to figure out where the F you are in the map because you don't know where you are because it's a new damn city. So, uh, yeah, um, there's still some bugs. Chuck, I know. But uh, I do like the expansion. Uh, some very interesting lore nuggets there and... Um, I mean, I don't know the lore in the dungeons, but I would definitely see there's going to be a lot of lore discussions from this expansion once it launches. For sure. And I'm sure there are even more in in uh, dungeons. Because uh, definitely some characters I expect to see in dungeons that uh, that are pretty notable. So, um, Otherwise, uh, like I said, I haven't been on retail, so... Uh, not a lot of retail stuff to, to talk about. Uh, just, uh, just doing beta stuff. So uh, we'll talk more about the beta later, though. Uh, let's talk about This Week in WoW. All right. So This Week in WoW, we've got Brewfest continuing, uh, running until October 5th. So you got one more week-ish, a little more than a week for Brewfest stuff. Um in addition to that, you can look forward to Warlords Time Walking running from September 29th to October 5th. We've also got PvP Brawl Warsong Scramble, 29th to the 5th. 
And for that same time period, we've got the Harvest Festival out. September 29th to October 5th. So while we don't have pre-patch right now, you can at least... We, we don't have pre-patch immediately to look forward to, potentially. I don't know. We don't know when it's coming. You, you have this stuff to look forward to. So, yay! All right, then. Well, we, um, we had wondered back a year and some time ago. Two years ago now? I think that's two years ago now. Around this time of the year, uh, which seems interesting, uh, the, the timing of all this, uh, when Mike Morheim announced that he was stepping down as the president of Blizzard. And we wondered if, if there was something down the road for Mike Morheim in the gaming community. And um, apparently the answer to that question was yes. Yes, there was. Now, we don't know when this came to his his genius brain uh, or what led to his decision. Uh, but uh, Mike Morheim, a few days ago, announced uh, the launch of Dreamhaven, a new games development company uh, based, as unsurprising to no one, in Irvine, California. And they'll provide guidance, support, and funding to, subs to subsidiary game development studios. Uh, the two additional studios will be Moonshot Games and Secret Door. Now, um, Moonshot is a, t is, a, is a term they have definitely used at Blizzard over the years. So I'm not surprised by that. And, well, we know they like secrets, so not super surprised by that either. Um, some of the people who are going to be staffed, staffing these companies uh, are Jason Chase, Justin Browder, Ben Thompson, Chris Sigati, Alan Dabiri, and Eric Dodds. Um, if you've watched BlizzCons in the past, you've probably seen some of those names. One or two, right, guys? Yeah. Yep. Dabiri. And uh, yeah, so it's, it, October 2018 is when he stepped down from Blizzard, and Dreamhaven is his next big thing. And I'm excited. Don't know what they're working on, but definitely interested to see what what uh, the the folks he's brought, brought along come up with. And I'd like to I like to say I'm curious to see who who of former Blizzard fame might be joining him down the road. I I also think that this company will not uh, have pay in line with what their former company had. Uh, I, I don't think that they'll as easily have uh, low pay uh, as a thing they can get away with. What do you guys think? I'm not really sure what to think of that aspect of it. I mean, I don't have any insight as to their, as to their funding or any of that stuff. I mean, they're certainly going into this with a lot more money than they did when uh, when when Blizzard was founded. So that's a, that's a good start. Yes, yeah, Silicon Synapses did not have a lot of money, I'm sure, back in the day. Uh, Mike Morham has a little cash. Yeah. As for everything in general, I'm I, I'm interested to see what's what's going to come out of, out of here. I mean, the looks like both of the studios have uh, different focuses on what they want to do. Uh, I think it was Moonshot that's going to be looking at the more at the larger projects. Whereas, um, was it Secret? Yeah, Secret Door is 
looking at smaller things and smaller games and and whatnot. So if I had to put it in terms of the Blizzard games we're familiar with, Moonshot would be like the WoW, Diablo 4, etc., etc. Secret Door, more like Hearthstone. That's the be- that's the best comparison I can think of. It could be really cool. Like I vaguely recall them mentioning at some point. Uh, that either Overwatch or Hearthstone was a moonshot comp- moonshot project for them at Blizzard. One of the two. I, I, if I had to hazard a guess, I would hazard it. it would, that would have been Overwatch. Like I know Hearthstone was a very small was a very small team initially, and it was just uh, something they were interested in pursuing, and they did, and it turned into a pretty notable success. Indeed. Ali, what do you what do you think of this announcement? I'm excited. I you know, like you were saying, we all kind of guessed <laughs> that Mike was going to go do something like this. But I'm I'm really happy for him and the whole crew from both studios, and I'm very eager to see what comes out of them. It's going to be a competitive area of California in terms of video games. Geez, there's a lot of video game companies down in Irvine. We got Blizzard, Obsidian. According to this article, is ready at the do- ready at dawn, and Amazon Game Studios is down there too. I did not know that. Yep. Oh. Yeah, Amazon Game Studios took away uh, one of the big recruiters that I follow on Twitter from Blizzard. Oh wow. Uh, we we were, we were actually in Amazon at the same time together. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm going to say there's two names that I would be very interested if I heard went over to this company. And their names are Street and Metzen. Uh, I think Greg's pretty happy at Riot. He's been there for a long time. He's doing some interesting things over at Riot. Metzen, Metzen yeah, on the other hand. guy I can see looking for, for a new challenge. True. Metzen, on the other hand, that's that's got some potential. I feel like that would only happen when... His life of being Thrall is over, especially since they just brought Thrall back. True. I could see it happening down the road, though. Is he voicing Thrall now? Yes. Because, okay, I I wasn't sure because I do know that they had uh, somebody else voicing Thrall that uh, reading they did at BlizzCon, and he had said it was Terran, and and he said that he did a really good job. And I, I remember some people suggesting maybe that went that maybe Thrall was going to get a, a voice change. Nah, I think that was I think that was just because of, out of necessity because because uh, Metzen wasn't participating in the panels of BlizzCon. Fair enough. Uh, it is uh, yeah. I'm just I'm very curious to see uh, how this goes and and what they come up with. Um, but I, I would be surprised to see anything from them for a year or two at least. Oh yeah, uh, unless it's a small Definitely. thing from Moonshot or from a, from a Secret Door. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not expecting to see major but, titles from them for a bit. No, but I can see like a, a small mobile game from Secret Door, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a secret behind a door. No, the door is secret. Y- yes. Or is it? Oh, oh. Then then then, how do we know about the door? It's supposed to be a secret. Well, they know. They know the secret. We don't. Oh, okay. So something about the door is a secret. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha you now. Well, uh, let's uh, 
Let's talk about some lore without spoiling anything for everybody. Yeah, so I'm going to be very careful with this because there are plenty of spoilers in here. But there has been an interview that happened with lead narrative designer Steve Denizer on Maldraxxus. And also some other things such as what happens to alternate universe souls. And some other stuff that I won't touch on because it gets a little, a little too spoilery. I'm not sure if I'm happy with this answer, but in this interview, they talked about, okay, well, this actually, this first one's fine. One of the questions that has been brought up because of what we saw in Afterlives Armwield and what we saw in Maldraxxus when Draco was like, but there might be survivors and they're dead already. We finally know that if you die in the Shadowlands, your soul is completely gone. It's just, it's done. It's gone. So that's a thing. He also touched a bit on the Forsaken and others raised, you know, by death or in death. It, and But they're still on Azeroth because it gets, it gets a little weird. And Steve explains that being raised through death can impact their souls and personalities. And that explains why we've seen some personality shifts in certain recently raised characters, like certain night elves, for example. And it gets into some interesting conversations with that. Another thing that's come up with is in Shadowlands, we're only seeing these four realms that we know of, at least for now. They all have their, their purpose and the way they work and that kind of thing. But this also brings up the fact that this was just a sampling of realms. There are a lot of other realms in Shadowlands. Some of them just simply exist without any greater responsibilities and a purpose. They're just kind of there. But for now, we're just focusing on these four. Again, no no, no hints as to if we're going to get more. I'm kind of hoping we do, but that's me because I like lower stuff. One of the more interesting things about this, though, does come with the whole concept of death for characters in the alternate universe, such as alternate Draenor. Because I, for one, still want to see two Gul'dans fighting each other and, like, arguing and, like, pointing at each other, like the Spider-Man meme. But apparently I'm not going to be getting that. Because according to this interview, Steve explains that the two kind of become one. He likens it to the concept of a rope. It's one thing, but when you look at the rope, it's many threads, you know, twisted around each other and woven together. So it looks and, and it gets it gets a little funky when you start talking about, you know, one of them being alive and one of them possibly being dead. But there's a lot of different threads. And they mentioned that there could be other realities that we've never looked into. But basically all those threads, all those, you know, alternate versions of someone come together to make that rope. So that was interesting. So this leads to some a lot of questions, I'm going to say. Like, 
I've met people, or I've seen people in, in Shadowlands that are very much the, the Azerothian one. So, have there others not died? Like, why would we? Why would they remember or, or, or have memories of stuff they did with us, but no other memories of stuff that happened in other dimensions or realities? Like, that, that's where that's where I'm kind of like. But what about like Uther? Is that is it saying like oh what we're seeing might be thirty Uthers all intertwined and we just happen to have the one that was in ours that got killed by Arthas as the primary thread? I'm very curious. I'm, I could have a long conversation about this, and I can think of a few people who would probably have already had long conversations about this to try and untangle all of that. Yeah, it definitely gets really interesting when you think about that. And that may be the case of people taking it up a little bit too seriously in detail. But when you're passionate about the lore, it's hard not to. One of the things this explains, because I was kind of confused about the whole, well, what if, you know, one of the versions is still alive and the other one's dead. That these these threads, these different versions of people can be separated for a time, but sooner or later they do combine to make that one rope that is that character. And basically when one is dead and the others are still living, like they're basically all just kind of waiting. They're waiting until they come together and exist together instead of separate entities. It's a, it's an interesting concept because I have been wondering how they're going to handle Having different Valens, different Drakas, different, you know, so many characters. And this is apparently the answer that they're going to use to explain it, which is which is something. I haven't decided how I feel about this yet, to be honest. I don't know why I... I... Like, I don't know why this this explanation of things isn't sitting well with me. I could just, I could just, I, mean, I just know that it doesn't sit well. Like there's, we've already we've already established through this short conversation that there are that that there are holes to pick with this entire thing, and you know that might just, that might just be as a result of us not having the entire bit right. I mean, there could be stuff that's being purposely left out of the answer in this interview. In this case, that's yeah, that and I haven't. I mean, I'm, I'm admittedly just looking more at the Wowhead article about it instead of the actual interview itself, which I do still need to look at probably tomorrow. But because I didn't want to, you know, worry. This this allows me to easily avoid spoilers. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, it does make the point that death is about eternity. It's not about linear time. And time and death are not related. And I mean, that kind of helps explain it, but it almost makes it feel like they wrote themselves into a corner with this alternate universe stuff. And now they're kind of scrambling for a way to explain it yeah. now that they know what they're doing with Shadowlands. That's what it kind of feels like to me just at first passing. But like I said, I need time to really dive in and digest this information before I really decide how I feel. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So uh, one other thing I can go into without, you know, going too spoilery is this interview does confirm when it comes to various cosmic forces, when they die, they go back to their realms, basically. So when demons die, they go to the Twisting Nether. When other powerful creatures die, they go to their realms. And one of the examples is... I mean, oh, sorry, let me back up. Another example I, I can share is Ragnaros. You know, we killed him in Molten Core. So he went back to his realm. And we, you know, met him there in Firelands. The example they give in this is we have learned that the Naru, when they die... They return to the light. Oh, does that mean that chandelier that Illidan offed is just chilling in the light again? I can't remember that Naru's specific name. I think so. I think so. I I think we could just call her chandelier. I think it was Zira. Wasn't it Zira? Yeah, it was Zira. Zira. But, um, so that's really interesting. Um, I definitely want to know more about if that is light as in a realm of light or if it's light as in just the collective of the light i don't know that makes you think but it's definitely sorry go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say like this definitely all of this and i think all of shadowlands from a lore perspective is going to give us a lot of new information but also a lot of new questions and I'm excited. Uh, yeah. What were you gonna say? Well, it just makes you. It makes you wonder, like, what other beings were killed off their own plane, and are just back where, like, back in their originating plane. We've killed a lot of cosmic stuff over the right. course I mean, of I WoW. Think, I I feel like this brings us back to old gods. Like, yeah, I've exactly. always thought that. I've always thought that the old gods are probably still alive somewhere because. They're not, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of cosmic forces, but they're not, they were not in their realm when they died. They were, you know, attached to Azeroth. So but was that I have their a working home? theory going on with that. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. And like, okay, so old gods, if that wasn't their home, where are they now? And like, Titans also, Titan, uh, trying to figure out where, if Titans fall into this category is an interesting thing too, because like they're world souls, right? So their home is theoretically on our on on our plane right so but again we don't know that right because not every planet in the twisting nether is a is a potential titan right i think that i think that's been established it takes specific types of things to become titans so oh man yeah, so it's very, it's all very interesting, and I am excited. But I think that's all I'm probably going to touch on with this interview, because I think a lot of it gets a little too in-depth with the spoilers. Yeah. M- Medros, do you have anything you want to add about all of that business? So many things. Uh, Naru, what if, what if they're a void form when they die? Do they still go to the lights? That's a good question, because, I mean, they do tend like, to... They, they don't die, they... they, they, they they don't really die. They just go. They go to the void, right? Like I mean, and, we had Zara who just died. Void. Like I think some of them. Some of them just died. I mean, Zara just died, but some of them, you know, if they're 
like injured first. We've seen them, you know, exactly. Like switch to more and cooler, like the the, mm-hmm. the rock in in Outland. Yep, uh, that is a dead. No, they went to the void because there's a void. I thought I thought the life cycle of a Naru was light and void. I remember that being talked about at one point too. Like, oh yeah, it yeah. yeah. Like I, I, many questions, uh, many many questions. Uh, this is this is this is almost cruel to just give us this. Honestly, <laughs> this is cruel. Why would you do this to us when we should be focusing on what we have to do ahead of Shadowlands? Not hey, why does Redacted? Well, I'm not going to name because the, the name of my head is spoilery. Why does why is that the Azeroth version not? you know, Azeroth 5 million version uh, from alternate universes. Like, <sighs> anyways. They do it because uh, they want to yeah. hype it up and it adds to my lore hype, so I'm I'm okay with this. <laughs> I am not okay with this because it distracts me and I don't want to be like, trying to go to bed tonight and left thinking, oh, wait, what happens to this and what happens to that and what... No. As long as you're not, <laughs> as long as you're not dreaming about it and waking up and arguing with somebody about it, then you're in a good place. So, only crazy people would do that, Toasty. Yeah, who who does that? Only crazy people. Uh, anyways, let's talk about loot. Yeah. All right. So, loot has been on the forefront of discussion recently, especially with some of the changes that's happening with the Mythic Plus uh, loot rewards, specifically the rewards that were awarded. At the end of a dungeon. Now, um, we we we've got some information on that. We got we so we know the item level that you're going to get rewarded at the end of a mythic plus, and it starts at 187 and pro- and progresses all the way to 210 at mythic 15. Now, for those of you who've been paying attention to the various item levels awarded at different at different types of uh, content and difficulty you'll know that item level 210 from Mythic 15 is a bit lower than the heroic uh, Castle Nathrius level, which is at 213. And that had some people a little bit upset. They, 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 they were using some of these methods of... So some of these things as methods of accruing gear to help progress, to help them, you know make progress on raid bosses and with it rewarding slightly lower item level it's not as viable a solution uh, but it has it has come out that the the rewards from mythic plus uh, are, are are just for the end of dungeon caches so starting at mythic 2 you get 187 mythic 15 goes to 210. That's only for the end of end of dungeon caches. It doesn't affect like th- those item levels are not the same as what you would get in your weekly cache from the Great Vault. So with the Great Vault and Mythic Two, you start at two hundred and it progresses as you go through um, the different Keystone levels, all the way to Mythic Fifteen, which uh, gives you an item level two twenty six reward. So. 226 is actually on par with the first eight bosses of Mythic Castle Nathrius. So you're still the potential to get kind of equivalent loot is still there. It's just it's just very much restricted 
um, to a week long to to a, a weekly chance as opposed to you know finishing off a dungeon a, 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 a mythic key and potentially getting uh, heroic or whatever equivalent loot at the end of the dungeon. It's kind of adding to this uh, whole thing that Blizzard is attempting to do with um, cutting down the amount of loot out there. Because that's another thing that's been noted in the beta, that the amount of loot rewarded uh, is notably less. And I think that that's kind of... That, that's Blizzard's attempt at making when we get loot, a more significant event. Because right now we're getting loot from everything and all the time. And, you know, let's face it, most of the time, like after a certain point, you just end up destroying a bunch of that stuff or selling it or scrapping it or whatever. This is them attempting to, like I said, make the times you do get loot more meaningful. So we were seeing less loot available but when we actually get it, it's going to be something we're we're super stoked about, which I'm very happy about. I, I, I the number of times I've gotten loot over the past couple of tiers, I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of eh. It, 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 it was a lot, and that's not a great feeling. So I'm happy. Like, just at, at face, I'm happy with how this is kind of rolling out and again like it's gonna be hard to say how how i feel about it when it goes live but right now i'm happy with it another notable thing that um has gotten mixed reactions no more bonus rolls bonus rolls are a thing of the past guys so that means uh families of nod we no longer have to worry about holding a braid because we forgot because a good portion of us forgot to get our bonus rolls that's not going to be a thing anymore we don't have to spend current spend insert currency here to go get our bonus rolls anymore i'm okay with it as long to be, again it's keeping with their philosophy of rewarding less loot but having that loot you do get being more meaningful and as long as that loot is actually is more meaningful i'm okay with that I don't know. Uh, I'm really happy that there's not going to be bonus rolls. I mean, yes, there were a couple times that there would be one particular item I needed on one particular boss that it took forever for us to progress on. And when we finally down him and I loot and I get nothing and not the item I wanted, it is nice to have the bonus rolls around, I will admit. But especially, like, the first half of the expansion, not so much the second half when we're, you know, dripping with war resources. But in the first half, like, they, they felt pretty expensive. And I had the worst luck with them. And to me, it never felt good to not get what I wanted and then re-rolled just to get a small amount of gold or a small amount of Azerite compared to what I spent to get the reroll token. And yeah, I mean, we're getting loot, maybe, and so it makes sense that those were expensive, but it's just adding more RNG on top of more RNG. And while I understand that MMOs need to have some RNG because it kind of helps to keep it 
repeatable and replayable and whatnot and keeps you going. But I feel like Warcraft has had too much RNG and I'm okay with this being taken away. And I do feel like what they're doing with the Great Vault for the weekly reward kind of helps to make up for it a little bit. Absolutely. So I'm, I feel pretty good about this. I understand people's frustrations just on a personal level. I feel good about this. Yeah, like, but how, Ally and Toasty, can I come on the show after having done a world boss and bonus rolled, gotten two really, really awesome items, and having the best eye level in this crew? How can this happen when I don't raid if there's no bonus rolls? Like, this is this is impossible, and I, it won't happen if I, if I... I don't like this. <laughs> well, then you can go do dungeons. No. Or you can go PvP. <laughs> no. Well, then you don't need to worry about loot as much. <laughs> but I need to be better. I need to be stronger. I need to be faster. Sometimes you gotta do the content if you want more loot than us. Well, I don't agree with that <laughs> at all. In case it isn't clear, I assume the Medros is dripping with sarcasm right now. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, I, I feel like I'm having a shower with, with all the sarcasm at this point. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll i be I'll be sad to lose the bonus loot. Uh, I will not be sad to lose the crap that did not make the bonus roll worth it if it don't get looped. Yeah, the Constellation Prize uh, always I also sucked. Not get, uh, I mean, even the, even the Constellation Prize is you got an item that is the same one you already wear uh, and you now sell it for about what you got in gold anyway. Yeah. Like... Like the the, the the weekly vault is gonna do is a great replacement for the bonus roll system because at least you're gonna have a choice depending on whether or not you met all the criteria you needed to be able to make a choice. So the the I opportunity disagree. the opportunity for for getting a duplicate is significantly lowered. Okay, but I mean, yes, but not everything you. In, in, in BFA right now, the stuff you can use a bonus roll on, not all that's covered by the new, the vault system. And that's the problem for me. Is if the vault system is supposed to replace the bonus roll system in that aspect of it, with more selection based on what you do, then why is not everything that is currently in a bonus roll covered by that? Like, world bosses, I can use a bonus roll right now, I might get an extra piece of gear. Mm-hmm. Come the Shadowlands, well, I I kill five hundred million boss world bosses. I'm not getting nothing from the vault if that's all I do. Right, and and perhaps that is a gap, but at the same time, like, uh, hmm. huh? I don't have a good answer for that. Like, that's just the... It, it's just the questions that, that cause me to think, you know, like, okay, but what about this? Right. Like, it's... it's If, if X is supposed to replace Y, then X should cover everything that Y covered. Or explain why it's not covering that. Like, why, why the difference kind mm -hmm. of thing. It's just a, a thought, that's all. 
and I'd like to have an answer, but I expect I will not. I guess I never really thought about that. The like, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't done a world boss in forever, and honestly, I never use a bonus roll on them when I do do them, just because. I use them for raid, but you have other things to use your tokens. Yeah, I, I use them for raid. That's 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 where they're more. That's where they're more useful for me. Um, huh? I wonder how world bosses get counted towards that. If they do, I don't think they do. I don't. I don't think I've seen any indication that they do count towards the weekly vault. I don't believe they do. But at the same time, like the world quests, the world quest loot progressively gets better throughout the expansion and if that's your primary oh, content yeah. then that loot will potentially will, will do the job for the content you have i mean yeah you're gonna miss out on you're gonna miss out on maybe some specific models for from world boss raid tables or loot tables and all that but i mean that's that, that's also just intrinsically part of wow. You you don't do certain content, you're just not gonna get the stuff behind it, right? Like I don't PvP and some of that PvP gear looks great. Some of the PvP mounts I want immensely. I don't PvP. I've I've come I've made my peace with the fact that I'm not gonna get it. Like it's just okay, cool. This person did that. I am good for them, <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Maddie is making a, a valid point. Uh, the flip side is if you do a bunch of different content, you are more sure to get an upgrade. Uh, do the increase of selection and nearly guaranteeing yeah. it. Yes, you're definitely, you know, that that's definitely a benefit. There's the flip side of, well, what if I only do a small amount of content and that content is not included in this? But, I mean, in the end, changes happen and we don't always get what we want out of changes. So. As, long as, as long as you're still provided the means... To do the content that you want, I mean, then, then, like, it's fine. It's not gr It's not the ideal situation, but at least you're still able to co tackle the content you wanting to tackle. Yeah, but I'm not gonna do world bosses if they if if they're not if they're doing them is not worth the effort. Right. Like, if if the reward is or the potential reward is halved. Because you don't know you're never going to get anything on the first mm -hmm. time. And I have less of a chance because I no longer have that opportunity for um, for doing the extra stuff. Like, yeah, why would I even bother? What's worth it? Why is it worth Why would it be even worth it? Right? I mean, you, 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 you can approach, it's, it's, you can have that mindset when you approach anything in WoW, right? Like, my chances of getting a weapon yeah. from, from Nazoth was pretty slim. I never actually got it. I, but, so I didn't really approach it with the mindset of why bother? I still had fun doing it. You know, Blizzard, Here, you just gotta take the killing out of Warcraft and it's all just better. Mm, don't know that I agree with that. That, folks, is a throwback to my Twitch stream the other day. If you don't watch my Twitch stream, you should. Just saying. I was there for that. Yep. You were there for that. Uh, Manny, Manny also drops a good point. Bonus rolls never had the same drop chance as native loot. So I mean, it was always a it was always a lesser chance of getting loot off the bonus roll. It was an extra chance, sure, but the ch the chances of you getting it were were smaller than actually killing it. Manny points out, why why did you do world bosses before bonus rolls? Uh, the answer is I didn't because I didn't see the purpose to it. Yeah, I guess it kind of just sucks to, if if you had like. 
like, like say you never had a chance to get some of the raid gear, right? That that looked cool, that had the cool models mm -hmm. and all that stuff, and it was given to you, and all of a sudden it's taken away. I, I I can I can sympathize with that. That really sucks. So, yeah, I I I I, I get why there would be frustration with that being taken away. Fair point. All right, uh, let us uh, move along to something that uh, is a lot more fun. Talking about rumors. Yeah, rumors we yeah rumors we okay. talked about last week briefly, and th that I decided wasn't necessary because I didn't put much weight into the source of the rumors. Oh man, remember that? Boy, did that change? Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, there have been rumors for the last few days about uh, the potential. Warcraft 2 uh, sequel to the original Warcraft movie or a follow-up since I don't know that it'll actually be a, a, a literal sequel uh, and there's lots of stuff being rumored around this uh, it's, it's kind of hard to get get all the, the rumors in, in one um, but the, the rumors got a bit more weight uh, though perhaps not with much basis when the uh, the rumor was retweeted by one Chris Metzen. Uh, it, it is interesting that Chris decided to retweet this. Uh, he did point out that he was just passing on what he'd heard in, on the internet. He, he had no knowledge or, or anything uh, of stuff going on. Uh, but so the rumors here are pretty interesting. Uh, one of the interesting things to me, and, and it kind of makes me a little bit sad, uh, is that the rumor for, that we're hearing is that this is not going to be done by Duncan Jones. Uh, one of the potential uh, people behind this is rumored to be Peter Jackson. And while Peter Jackson does great movies, I feel, um, I would have liked to have seen what Duncan Jones would have done as a Warcraft 2. Yeah, I mean, seeing what he did with Lord of the Rings, yeah. having, having seen like, the potential for a Warcraft movie with his name attached to it, I mean, not gonna lie, that's that's pretty huge if you ignore the Hobbit movies. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a bummer that Duncan's not attached to it. So far. Uh, I, I would like to see them at least have some consideration for the plans he'd had for a Warcraft 2. Um, I don't know that we'll see any of the same actors or characters uh, if it is a follow-up because I, I kind of feel like we, were, we had seen probably the end of those characters' lines, uh, especially with the stuff that Duncan Jones has put out on Twitter, what he is planning to do with the Warcraft 2, uh, following along some of the major moments. Uh, I believe next would have been Thrall and Arthas uh, in the storytelling he was planning to do. So, um, while I'm sad that we would not have a chance to see some of those characters again, uh, at least played by the, the people that were playing them, uh, I'm very curious to see what we might see from the currently rumored Warcraft 2. Uh, what, what, what story would you like to see in a Warcraft 2, uh, Ali? While I wouldn't mind if they just continued in the timeline, if they talked about there being multiple additional movies, the 
fangirl in me desperately wants them to just, just jump ahead and just go straight to Arthas because that was the storyline that really made me passionate about the lore, made me want to dig in and learn more. And it's a storyline that I really enjoy and I think they make a great movie out of. So with so much bias, it's ridiculous. I want them just to go straight to Arthas. <laughs> How would you approach an Arthas? Let's assume they're not going to stop at one movie. Let's, let's say it's a trilogy. How would you approach an Arthas trilogy? Like, how would you like to see it broken up? That is a good question. Um, it's actually one I've been pondering. When, when I was talking about multiple movies, though, I was talking about like the, like the first war, the second war, the third war, that kind of thing. But if we were to do, say, an Arthas trilogy, I think it'd be a bit of his childhood. Because you could also tie in other things such as Varian and the you know sacking of Stormwind and all that jazz. And then into his, like, training. And then probably stop with the death of Invincible. And you, you start bringing in the Jaina love interest stuff. I don't know if that would be enough action for one movie. <clears throat> but it just kind of makes sense to me. I don't know. And then it the middle one would probably be a lot of the lead up to the calling of Stratholme. And a little bit beyond that, as he's starting to lose his mind and go crazy, and then and that one with finding Frostmourne, and then the third be everything else. Maybe, maybe, but then again, like there's so much more with that everything else, because with the building of his army and everything. So maybe they end the first one with the calling of Stratholme. And then end the second one with putting on the helm and becoming the Lich King. And then the third one with everything Lich King. I'm going to go with that. Okay. How, how about you, Medros? So the story of Arthas in, in, in a trilogy, uh, the first one would be up until he meets up with Jaina again. Like, that would be the, the end of the first one. Them meeting up on the road. Uh, on their way to the eventual calling of Stratholme. Um, two would be then on to him getting the blade and the blade on to him uh, putting on the helm and then a, a cutscene at the end of um because, I mean, really, once he puts on the helm, he goes into the throne, he's there for a while. Um, he doesn't break out of that for several years. And I don't really feel like he he does a lot in that in, in the time between then and his death. Uh, even, like, when we see him, he's not hyperactive um, in in the world of Ice, of Ice Crown. And he's not really at all interactive with us. Until he sends the uh, zombies at us, kind of thing. So, like, really, once he puts the helm on, that can be, you know, a cut forward to uh, the battle at the top of Ice Crown, where he then falls. And then we see him pass into the light, and that's fade to white. Okay. Like, yeah, so if we're, like, growing, growing up, meeting Varian. Um, 
you know, the, the stress of the first war, um, the celebration of the orcs being defeated, all of that is in the first one. Flash forward a bit to him being a young, young adult, meeting Jaina for the first time, or, or meeting Jaina again, them starting to grow close. Them, like all the stories that we saw in Arthas from, from their pre pre Strathholm relationship stuff, then they don't see each other for a little while because of whatever. And then ending with him and his paladins riding down the road, coming across Jaina fighting some bandits or whatever they were, zombies or whatever. I can't remember where they were. Um, but yeah, that would be that movie one. Ending with her looking up at him, them meeting eyes. Done. End of, end, of, end of movie one. And then all live to the sword. And then rest all up to the helm. Flash forward to his death. Because I don't, I don't feel like we need to see a lot of the Afri he puts on the helm. Like, because he doesn't do a lot for a lot of the time. And what he does, I mean, other than being a present, a presence up there, a threat to us, um, is he dies eventually. And I totally want there to be a post-credit scene of one person who's there getting the, the horse. <laughs> you mean you have to have that? A shout back, a shout out to the fans. Well, whatever they have planned, I I hope, I hope uh, uh, it lives up to what we expect it to be, <laughs> or at least comes close to it, because. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely think Arthas would be the best choice for a movie. Okay, so I will turn that around. Thrall Trilogy. Toasty, you first. Oh man, a Thrall Trilogy. Yep. First movie is about him, like, being raised in slavery. Ends with him... Ends with him okay. breaking free of that. Okay. Oh, it's hard to break Thrall's story into a trilogy, honestly. That first movie, I think, I feel like it's pretty easily defined. You know, like, well, we, like, but is it hard to break his into a trilogy? Like, I, I would say the natural break says breaking out of Durnhold, leaving the Eastern Kingdoms for Kalimdor, and then like the founding of the Horde. Well, that's not the end of Thrall's story. But we don't know what the end of Thrall's story is. That, that leaves us open to, uh, you know, another village down the road of old Thrall having died. Yeah, I, I, don't, I think if there, are, if there are Thrall stories to tell, I think it's, one, the his story of breaking free from... The, the, okay, so these are the ones that come to mind. Story of breaking free from slavery. And the other one is founding the I, Horde. Um, hey. the third one is his sp his time spent leading the horde and the various things that he's done as the horde war chief because there was a lot of wartime there, and then and then him deciding to leave the horde and uh, to fight Deathwing and as as a member of the Earthen Ring. That's another significant story. 
and then the, and then the, and then there's him defeating Garrosh. Like, like, there's no good ending point with a Thrall trilogy. I guess is what I'm trying to get at with the with the Thrall set of movies. Whereas Arthas, up until Shadowlands anyway, has a pretty defined ending. Okay. How about you, Allie? I'm kind of along the lines of Toasty. I would think that everything with Durnhold and Addis Blackmore and Thrall breaking out and everything, as well as probably, you know, starting to lead the Horde would be the first one. I think that the second one and obviously in that first one after he starts leading the horde there's going to be plenty there as well. And then I think when he starts to as you were saying Toasty Cataclysm happens he leaves to go you know, take down Deathwing and he goes through his own like soul-searching personal journey and gets with Agra and all that. Like, I think that'd be in the second one. And I think because of everything with Deathwing and everything he goes through, there's enough, you know, drama and action in that. And then... And with him, you know, retiring to Nagrand. And then I think the third one would be everything from, you know... The cinematic where where he you know he he is summoned from retirement, and on through whatever's going to happen, in you know end of BFA when he discovers what's happened there, and then whatever happens to him in Shadowlands, like that would easily be a third movie. Well, we'll have to wait and see what they have planned for us. I hope it's good. I hope it. Uh... Yeah, if they have anything planned, we don't know yet. All right, let's talk about some beta bits. Yes, we got. A lot of beta bits. <laughs> we have a lot. So it's all pretty small, so I'm going to kind of just try to run through it. But we are starting to see some of the weapon models from the Castle Nathria raid. And some of them are actually in theme with the different covenants. You know, like Ardenwield has an offhand that looks like a harp made out of wood. <laughs> and... There's a lot. I'm not going to talk about every single one, but we are starting to see them. They are looking fantastic. I'm really happy with some of these models. And if you want to know what your Covenant's weapon models will look like, Wowhead has them all, so you should definitely go check it out. We also are getting more information on how the conduits work. And there was actually a really nice blue post I could put out that explains it all. So I'm going to actually go ahead and read that because it sums it up very nicely. It says, we've seen a number of questions about how conduits work in Shadowlands. Here's the brief explainer. Conduits are items. They have item levels like other loot you'll see in Shadowlands. Currently in the beta, heroic dungeon loot is item level 171. Normal difficulty castle Nathria is dropping level 200. Like other loot, the higher the conduit's item level, the more powerful its effect, which we kind of knew. I don't know if I knew that there was going to be item levels to them, so it's definitely good information to have. They go on to say conduits can come from many different sources, like dungeon bosses, raid bosses, PvP vendor, world quests, and other content, like callings and whatnot. 
conduits will go into your collection. I know that's something that's kind of changed off and on, but that's, that's official. They're going to go into your collection. You don't have to repeatedly learn them. They're not being destroyed, which is a nice change. Conduit drops as personal loot and are class-based. So they don't differ based on your active spec or your loot spec, which is really nice. They're also additive with other drops. A conduit will not replace an item that a boss might otherwise have dropped. They're just additional on there. And conduits are not tradable, which is definitely good information to have. I'm kind of hoping that over time, maybe they loosen that one up, but we'll see how that goes. They go on to say, our goal is to offer one or more ways of targeting the specific conduits that you might want, such as PvP vendors, loot drops, in addition to those available via callings and catch-all conduits sold by Venari in the mall, which we'll talk about in a minute. Or now, because it goes on to say, did you, do you know I didn't actually read this before the show? Specific to Venari, we're in the process of removing Stygia as repeatable reward from the Twisting Corridors, which is the one section of the Torghast. Our goal here is for the Eye of the Jailer in the Maw to be a limiting factor in Stygia gains. As with other items, you can experience big upgrades when replacing conduits. If you have an item level 171 version of a conduit, but you obtain a level 213 version of that conduit, you'll take it to the Forge of Bonds and enjoy your nice upgrade. So it's nice to kind of see more definitive info about conduits and how they're going to be handled. Knowing that there's going to be item levels tied to them kind of gives us an idea of how that's going to boost our power, which is really nice, especially for those who say want to choose one covenant, but they don't like that covenant's ability because they're worried that's not going to be enough DPS or whatnot. You know, there's some power that comes from conduits. And speaking of Venari, we're starting to see more of what Venari is going to be selling. Venari is a broker, which is one of those weird looking, they almost look like they're the cousins of the ethereals, to me at least. And they got the weird like wood mask for a face kind of thing. I see that. I think think there's some relation there, maybe. But Venari is the one that's pretty near the Torghast portal. Once you open that all up and you pretty early on after you hit 60 and maybe before, I'm not sure, but you start getting some, some dealings with Venari. I can't decide if I trust him yet or not, but uh, he sells us things like Memory of Jailer's Eye, which is a le- one of the legendary recipes. He can expand our selection of powers within Torghast. And that's going to cost Stygia. The other one's going to cost Stygia as well. The ability to add a socket to certain items, which is only helms, necks, bracers, belts, and rings, can also be bought off him. And tying back to conduits, he has a thing called Manifest Aether's Hunt, if I'm saying that right. You add a conduit you don't have to your collection, or you can upgrade an existing conduit. So it's nice to see that we have various ways to upgrade our conduits. If you're, you know, 
needing to work on that, but you're not feeling like you're wanting to do a raid or dungeon or whatnot, you have you have options. What do you? Uh, that's out of all the little bits we have from beta. That's probably the more chunkier bit. What do you two think about that? Um. Well, like you said, it's nice to know how the conduit progression is going to work. I was a little worried there because for a little while, like there was no notable difference between conduits rewarded and various difficulties of content. And now there's now there is differentiating a bit. So that's that's nice. That's cool to see. Also, nice that they're giving us... They're, also, nice that there's a ketchup mechanic uh, baked in with the Manifest Aether Scent. Where, you know, if you don't have them all, you can use it to get one you don't have. Or just upgrade one. Like, I, like Because you're able to target specific conduits. Like, uh, it'll... I, I mean, I would probably more likely use it to upgrade. Because let's face it, I have one style of play, and if I'm targeting specific conduits, I will do whatever I can to get those. And when I'm done with them, I'll probably stop targeting. I'll just be happy with whatever. So upgrading randoms, gay for me. Well, I think it's nice too because for those example metros who secretly likes Torghast but doesn't necessarily want to say join a group and do dungeons and whatnot. It's another way that you can get these conduits without having to go outside of your preferred play style. You know, so for those who do prefer Torghast, you can still get your conduits. You can still upgrade them just by doing Torghast. Yeah. Right, Medros? I'm very interested in conduits. Uh, We'll definitely be looking into those more. But, uh, I mean... It definitely sounds like uh, the mall, which is somewhere that I don't really enjoy going to very much, uh, and and Torgas, which we all know I hate, uh, is there's gonna be places I'm gonna need to go to for that, and that's not really fun. We have proof. Anyways, when you were in the mall, some new information we have received is the potentials for mounts. Now that it has been a item of frustration for certain players that we can't mount in the maw. That's why I don't like it, yes. But good news, though, is that there are certain creatures you can kill and ride their mounts for a minute. And they're they're fairly plentiful, but then again, that is in beta. I'm not sure what that's going to look like in live. There are also speed potions. They have been level capped, but they're there. Druids with travel form will go at regular mount speed and you can bring a friend with you, which is interesting. Then you can use the various things like gun shoes or or, or oil of ethereal force, both basically just make you naturally move faster. But there is another option, especially for those of you who like Torghast. It has been found out that you can get a corridor creeper to mount. Actually, it doesn't say you get it through no, that's the, Torghast. That's the I mount, kind of assume That's the mount we talked about last week. That is a Torghast reward. Okay, that's what I thought. 
So it actually lets you summon it in the Maw without restrictions. So there is a, ma- a mount you can use in the Maw for you to work towards. So what you're telling me is I apparently have to do... I mean, you could do that, or you could use the uh, chauffeured BOA mount. That apparently works. Although we'll likely get patched out soon. Yeah, that's possible. Also, I found out last week that if you if you run into the portal that takes you to the Maw while on a mount, when you land in the Maw, you stay on your mount. Yeah, the, I've gotten that once or twice, I think. I've I've literally done it every time. <laughs> it worked for me every time. I mean, the downside... Is it that big pillar in the middle of Morbos? Yeah. The downside to that is when you dismount, you can't remount. Yeah. And that's something that might still be fixed yeah. <laughs> before it goes live. Yeah, probably. In approximately 28 days. Somewhere around there, yeah. So, some more information we're getting. Kind of some some smaller bits. We now have more info on customization options. The hair colors that were previously locked to only Death Knights and Demon Hunters are going to be available to all classes of that particular race. So, for example, the pink Night Elf Death Knight hair can now be used by all death uh, sorry can now be used by all night elves and the blue blood elf death night hair is also going to be available to all blood elves so just you know lots of customization options coming in which we're all really excited about another little bit like i said lots lots of little bits there's been con- there has been some concern about some of the crafted armor sets from Warlords of Draenor and some weapons going away in Shadowlands because of the changes to professions and the level squishes. And it's been a a bit of concern for a lot of people. There's a lot of comments and discussions about it on Reddit. Blizzard did come out to let us all know that that is unfortunately a side effect of Shadowlands development. But they're aware of it, and they already have plans to reintroduce to reintroduce all those transmogs in a future patch. So they will only be obtainable; they will only be unattainable temporarily. So for those who really enjoy their professions and their transmogs, and they're scrambling to try to gather all of these, or you're crafting them to get them all in the auction house and hopefully make some gold off of this, it's only temporary. So if you so choose, you can spend your time doing something else. We have the location for the Black Market Auction House. It's going to be in Revendreth. <laughs> I had to go look at that. So it's being hosted by the Cartel Ta at the Night Market in Revendreth. So it's nice to get that info, especially for those of you who are hoping to obtain some certain mounts, like a Brutosaur, for like 10 million gold or whatever it's going to end up selling for. <laughs> and then our last little two just mini bits of info. We are receiving some recolors of certain fairly known weapons in Shadowlands, and they'll they'll drop. One of, one of the examples is 
a recolor of the Naxxramas sword Armageddon. It's getting a recolor and it's being named Sarobane. And which 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 is kind of cool because Armageddon was reused because it dropped from the four horsemen in Wrath. So it's kind of it's kind of fitting that we're gonna be seeing it in Shadowlands. You're gonna be getting that from the Theater of Pain in Maldraxxus, it looks like. Yeah, and the method that you acquired is like pretty cool. It's not it's not super straightforward. It's not like just you loot it and that's it. There's a process to it, which is kind of cool. I like the small little tidbits like that. I just need to convince people to do it with me because I need this in my life. I'll do it with you. It's like, like apparently there's an arm stuck in the ground and you have to be strong enough to pull it out. And it's going to require buffs and all that. Like it's, it's going to be kind of like a fun, a fun little way to get it, which is awesome. Yeah. And then we also have the, I'm probably going to say this wrong. Brian Troll, Brintroll. the Bone Arbiter, Brintroll. So it's a fairly well-known item from Ice Crown Citadel, especially if you've been running it a lot lately, you might have seen this. We're going to be getting a different tint for it in Mount Draxus. I am unreasonably excited for this one. I remember when I first started playing, I saw somebody with the original Brintroll. Like, I want that act. It was such a cool-looking model, and I like that's what I aspired to get. And, and yeah. I had to have an off-color pair to it. Like, I might occasionally switch my my Shadowlands transmog weapons to that, to, to getting both of them. That looks so cool. Yeah. Just need to find a Necrolord friend. And that's what I'm saying. The, the, the trick to this is that you, you need a Necrolord player. They have to turn in an item called Anima Bound Wraps. And it's part of a Covenant-specific minigame. And then you summon a specter of war who then breaks the door down to the outpost. And then once it's open, any player can loot the chest. So like Tosi said, a Necrolord friend is fine. You don't have to be a Necrolord yourself. Which is good to know because I'm probably going to be taking my Death Knight to the Necrolords and I'll have to get this. I'll hook you up, Tosi. It's fine. Thank you. <laughs> but it's my, it's my, it's my like second alt though. It's not gonna be like my main. So yeah, my. But we can make this happen. My second alt is probably gonna be Maldraxxus or yeah, ne- a Necrolord too. So yeah, just depends on how fast I. I was gonna say, Tosi, you can always just go Necrolord to ensure you get this. No, it's okay. Of course. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, lots of lots of little bits coming out. Lots of new informations. Some of them are more notable, <laughs> informational, <laughs> notable, <laughs> and some of them are, you know, just small little tidbits, but I like tidbits. They're good. Uh, do you guys have anything you would like to add or should we move on to our sponsor? Uh, definitely looking forward to the mounting of the Maw. Wish I didn't have to do to get it. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, pretty cool overall. Yeah, no, I think I, think I covered it all, so... Let's talk about our first sponsor. Our first sponsor, as usual, are the great folks over at Audible. You can get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash atareads2020. Now nearly 500,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This week, we're going to take a look at the Tides of War book. Let's have a listen. Come and gone. What purpose was left to them? 
many blues had already departed. Some had sought his blessing before leaving the Nexus. Kalikos continued to be their leader, although the powers of an aspect were no longer his. They had told him that they were restless and wished to see if there was some other place in the world where their skills and abilities would be appreciated. The rest had simply gone. Present one day, vanished the next. Those who remained were either becoming increasingly agitated or surrendering to a bleak sense of malaise. Kalikos dove and wheeled, letting the cold air caress his scales, then opening his wings and catching an updraft, his thoughts once again brooding and unhappy. For so long, even during Malagos's insanity, the blues had had direction. The question of what to do now had been thought and sometimes whispered. Kalikos could not help but wonder if he had somehow failed his flight. Had they really been better under the leadership of an insane aspect? The immediate answer was, of course not. And yet, and yet. So once again, that was World of Warcraft, Tides of War, written by Christy Golden and narrated by Justine Iyer. You can find that and over 500,000 titles over at bit.ly slash atareads2020. And we'd like to thank Audible for their support of the show. So our question of the week from last week was, what is your guess for the pre-patch date and why do you think it's coming then? The Slick Rock says October 6th, still need the two-week PvP season announcement. Also, the maintenance tomorrow is only two hours. Pre-patch will be like six hours. Dragonred says, I'm suspecting they may announce the date tomorrow. That said, I suspect an October 6th pre-patch. Dragonred followed up the next day saying, and it sounds like I need to change my estimate. They may announce the pre-patch on the 6th, and pre-patch will be on October 20th, which will be a pretty late pre-patch. Oh, this feels late. <laughs> I just Ben Davis says, September 27th, we've had four weeks of cinematics. I think there is one more surprise cinematic to come out about the Jailer. And then it leads into the pre-patch event. I would love that. That is my secret wish. And uh, I agree with you. Wookie BH so says... September 28th. Well, okay, yes. The date might be wrong. But the fact of getting a Jailer cinematic okay. is what I'm agreeing with. Wookie BH says October 6th. But at this point, it feels like it should be September 31st. <laughs> Lee Wilde says, even though there are reasons to believe October 6th, I'm going to stick with September 29th. Yes, they're usually given a two-week warning for season end, but they've also usually given at least a month of pre-patch time. One of those patterns has to break. I say the I, former. I like to point out to WKBH, why, why don't we just call it March the 500th? I mean, geez, come on. Basically, uh, Maggie yeah. says October 6th <laughs> because they seem to really rush to hit the release date. Two weeks of the pre-patch event and one week to ensure stability. Uh, Winnipeg Chris, I'm assuming that's his name, because who else would use WPG other than for Winnipeg? October 6th is my guess. Three weeks should be long enough time to build up hype without overstaying its welcome. And Fraser Rock says, I'm hoping it's October 6th, any later, and it feels way too short. Well, I mean, we don't have it yet, so uh, at least one person there is, uh, is already out of the running. Uh, and it seems most people are saying October 6th, so... Um, I guess let's hope for news in the next couple of days, I guess. <sighs> All right, so next week's question is, how has the release of the Afterlife Cinematics affected your choice of Covenant in Shadowlands, if at all? 
Uh, I know from I, we we all I think we all talked about this last week. I think we're pretty all pretty much stuck with what we've we haven't changed our mind since last week, have we? Nope. I'm still going. I'm still going Ravendreth. I'm still going Ardenweald. If anything, that helped my choice. I want to still go Bastion. Um, I, I I am hopeful that seeing the story fresh when it actually releases, I will still feel uh, some affinity or some affection for that covenant. Uh, but the cinema, the uh, afterlives, did shade it a little bit. Uh, I also think there's some stuff that I don't know because um, there there seems to be some unknown information here uh, between what I saw in the zone and what is represented in the cinematics. So we'll see. But still planning on Bastion Room Me. Cool. Well, I look forward to hearing. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing everybody else's answer next week. All right. Uh, time for some shoutouts, uh, and I am going to go first this time, which I never do. Uh, I want to, uh, give a shoutout, uh, to, um, to a team that, uh, is now the Stanley Cup champions. Uh, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. For the first time in Vegas Golden Knights history, the Tampa Bay Lightning are Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> Pat Maroon is a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> Zach Bogosian and Steven Stamkos are Stanley Cup champions, and draft picks made by the Atlanta Thrashers in Braden Coburn and Zach Bogosian are Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> Historic. And the Dallas Stars are not. I I uh, I approve. That's not the first time though. Nope. <laughs> Burn. No, they, I'm sure they lost before. Uh, but yes, uh, congratulations uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning for becoming the 2020 Asterix. Stanley Cup champions. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Have an this asterisk. season deserves an asterisk. I'm sorry. No it one does. does. They, 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 there was, there was. This season was so much harder for them. I think next season, if anything, is going to be an asterisk because, like, next season's going to. There's going to be a lot of screwed up things. I next think season. next season deserves an asterisk too. So. <laughs> no, they, I think this season was a lot harder for them than. Than I think a lot of people. Uh, no, it's just it's it's just a, a very odd, very unusual, and and not the season that that not a typical season. And when something's not typical, you just, it deserves a pointing out that it was not your typical thing. The 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 teams the the the, the, uh, the teams that made the playoffs could have been totally different if it had been a regular season. All right. Okay. That that's that's fair. See. When when most people have been labeling this this playoffs with an asterisk and have been like saying whoever wins this has, will have an asterisk next to their name, they're doing it to they're doing it in a way that makes it seem like things were not a lot harder. Like they're they're trying to they're doing it in a way to take the win out of the sails of the out of whoever ended up winning it. In this case, Tampa. Uh, I, I I don't understand that. I I'm not. I'm just saying like th- right. this is yeah. Just totally not the season that anyone would have expected, and the results could have been vastly different if it had been a regular season. Um, and that has to be noted. Not taking anything away from the, pe- the teams that, that had success, and uh, the players who fought through more adversity than any season of hockey players has ever faced. Fair. All right. Does that clarify? I, sh- I assume you weren't trying to take anything. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, I assumed you weren't trying to take anything away from no. it. I just wanted to, I just wanted to put that out there to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Um, Toasty, your shout out, please. You beat me to it. I, I know. That's why I said my first. <laughs> um, shout out to Patrick Maroon, back to back Stanley Cup champion, hometown hero, part two. I guess I don't know. Because but he won it for Tampa, so I, Zach Bogosian too. Good job, bud. I'm glad for him, Allie. Hmm. My shout out is going to go to Ro, who spent eight years working so hard on putting together an amazing podcast directory for the community and all Blizzard-related podcasts, and. To everyone who was part of the process to give that podcast directory an upgrade. It is it is sleek. It is shiny. It's basically an iTunes, interactive iTunes for Blizzard podcasts. Because you can search for new shows by tags and your interests. You can review shows right there and not even have to deal with iTunes, which can be a little annoying at times. And it makes it easier to discover new shows and it's just it's beautiful i'm truly impressed by that so shout out to ro for eight years and to everyone at warcraft radio and everyone who put in so much effort to make this directory be an awesome new thing for the community yeah i I gave it a quick look over before the show and a little bit over the weekend and like there's there's so much to that directory and I, it kind of made it kind of made me take a step back and realize just how large this scene that we're a part of is. Like, you, you, like, like I, I knew that there were a lot of shows about Blizzard and Warcraft and all that stuff, and I mean, I, I see it all the time on Twitter. People talking about different shows and all that other stuff, but actually, just see it laid out there was just something really cool to see. Yeah, definitely. And it's nice because you can see. Links to everyone's Twitters and websites, and you know, a little snippet about each show. Like it's, it's really, it's really cool. Like it's better than I would have imagined when they first started talking about this. Like it's, I'm, I am truly impressed. So shout out to everyone who worked on that. Yeah, great work. All right. Well, that is about it for our episode. So let's. Uh... Pop on out of here. Uh, let's do our outro. If you'd like to reach us by voicemail, you can call us at one seven eight five ATA well five or one seven eight five two eight two nine six nine five. You can send emails to show at allthingsazeroth.com. And if you like what we do here, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash all things AZ. Join our new battlenet group at bit.ly slash bnetata. Check out Allie's show at DungeonFables.com and Toasty stream at Twitch.tv slash ToastyPostyCan. You can find the show over on Twitter at AllThingsAZ. Medros is at Medros. Fandeth is at Fandeth. Ali is at AliAndrusK. I'm at ToastyPostyCan. And you can find the network over at Dawnforge. And please check out the other shows from the Dawnforge network, including GroupQuest and Shattered Soulstone. And we'll be back next week. In the meantime, take care. Happy hunting. And we'll see you next time on the other side of, hopefully, the PTR becoming a release and an announcement. But, like, staying a release, right? Yeah, stay a release. Not not announce and then rescind again.
<laughs> Don't tease us, Blizzard. This podcast is part of the Dawn Forge Network. Copyright 2020.